Well, good morning to everybody and uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are privileged to come into your presence. And Father, we enter your courts, Father, with praise and delight and anticipation. So Father, today here we are and we ask that you would speak to us in Jesus' name, that you may be lifted up and exalted as Lord and Saviour of our lives and of this world. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. Well, I want to speak this morning on a series, well, a series, I think it might be a series, I think it's only two weeks maybe, and that is spiritual oppression. And I want to speak it in terms of uh, the wrestle of weary. The wrestle of weary. We've heard even just through some of the prayers we've been hearing this morning, exactly that tone coming out when there are physical needs that need to be met whether we're feeling it or others, it, uh, these things can weigh us down and get us to a point where we become weary. In fact, I had a sense as I write and journal, I, I get a sense God is saying something. So often we'll journal and take notes, like a running notes page of just things that God speaks to me about, amongst other things. So I'm preparing on, on Monday, and I felt like I just had to stop everything and go over here and look at the spiritual oppression. Now, I don't know about you, but I know this message is going to help someone here today. It might just be me, but it's going to help someone. But I think there's a few people here that God wants to speak to. That's really easy. I want to use the word spiritual oppression. It's a heavy word. Uh, there's no other way around it, but at times we will feel seasons of oppression. Do you need me to have that? Have I got it? Is it there? We're just waiting to pause for a moment, turn to the person next to you. And there's and they're just trying to find out where it is. I thought it wasn't there, it must have been reconfigured. Uh, so we're just waiting on that. But what I want to encourage you about spiritual oppression is a real reality that we knowing or unknowingly walk in and experience day after day. And the reason why? Because we are Christian. Because we are Christian. So I'm going to just tackle that a little bit this morning. It's interesting that in 2 Corinthians 4.17, it refers to our light and momentarily afflictions. And that's the reality of it, isn't it? That Paul said these things come and go, and they, they have seasons, thank you. But what we do know... There's people trying to listen to me. Thank you. And to all those who are online listening, you should be here. No, only joking. Good. Thank you that you can join in and tune in with us. We're talking about spiritual oppression. And friends, I, I sense not in my own life, I think this last year, a little bit, and as I talk with leaders and pastors, there's a real sense of weariness that's about. There's a real sense of weariness in the church, there's a real sense of weariness amongst leaders and churches in general uh, and globally as well in what we're experiencing. So I want to just share a little bit about what that looks like. Psychology Australia, Psycho Psychology Australia says fatigue is due to continued exertion, endurance and dismay. I was thinking that after the series of miracles and we're all believing with expectation, we come back to reality of where we are and what's going on and what we're confronted with day to day. And we get weary again. We go back into the slog. 
You go back into the grind. And so it's very easy, just like the Psalms, who, Psalmists who believe that God is all that God is and all that he declares he is, but on the other side of the token, we're living in the reality of what we're walking through. And we're trying to merge the two. See, there's hard work and there's life, and life is hard. Life is full on. There are strained relationships, strained expectations, to-do lists, and we're going to go on. And then we have spiritual oppression. We could talk in terms of demonic attack. When you start using the word demonic, people freak out. But let's just stick with spiritual oppression. I would be very, very surprised if you've been a, a believer for... X amount of time that you've not experienced this. I'd be very surprised if you hadn't, because you would have. The world, I read the other day, the world has gone really mad, and I'm not going to get pulled down with it. So let's have a look at Daniel chapter 7. Daniel has this dream. He's having this vision, in fact, of the future, of our future. Somewhere there will be a, an end times, and God's going to be doing this, this amazing work. And this is what he... What he sees, he says, and he shall speak great words. This is the Antichrist against the highest. And he shall what? Wear out the saints of the highest and think to change times and laws while we're living right in a time where laws are being changed right across the world. But even in, in Australia, we're seeing a push towards that. But I don't want to speak about what this speaks of in terms of the times and times and a half. I don't want to speak about the time in which this speaks. I want to deal with what it's content is. Have a look at this. And they shall speak great words against the highest and shall wear out the saints. They shall wear out the saints. This reveals to me an opposition that's not only physical but spiritual. And with it it brings oppression. A rule, a grind, a limitation. Daniel's prophetic picture of the end times could be maybe the end times in which we are living now. Daniel's vision was about these last days, but certainly we can take note of the challenging times in which we live. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. That's why we pray. That's why we believe in an almighty God who is greater and has no limitations whatsoever. So let's have a look at this. Weariness is, is not tiredness. If you've worked hard all day and you've had a, or maybe exerted in some sense physically, you will be tired and you'll put your head on that pillow at night and you'll go to sleep. Most likely, you, hopefully you go to sleep because you're tired. But weary is something altogether different, friends. It both it can connect with tiredness and often can start there, but unaddressed, it becomes weariness, not just in our soul, but in our spirit. And I've experienced it. And I've encountered what this looks like. When we look at this word wear, it means, it's bala, it means to wear down. It speaks of making you older before your time. So who wakes up one day and just feels like, man, I feel like 
I said the game the other day, I feel like I'm 54. Well, I actually am 54. But anyway, sometimes I feel like saying I've, I feel sometimes older than that. My bones and, and just stuff. Weariness is not tiredness. It is because tiredness is of the body. Weariness is of the soul. When we look at weary, it means also to include how the enemy is trying to get at you. It means to become untied, to drift aimlessly, to drift in your own emotions, to end up becoming emotionally controlled. Weariness will end up controlling how we think and then how we feel. It's linked to spiritual fatigue. Spiritual fatigue is also referred to as spiritual weariness or a lack of strength to push forward. In other words, you feel spiritually drained, defeated, and sometimes the sick and tired of trying. And that's the reality. I'm talking with lots of pastors and leaders hearing right across from Tasmania to the mainland to other continents. And there's no doubt that why we get a sense that God is doing something. The greatest way to, to, to stop this and limit this is weariness. And that's what we read in these times, that there's a sense of this weariness. In Psalm 57, 6, my enemies have set for me a trap. I am weary from distress. They've dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. Let me read that bit at the start. My enemies have set a trap for me, and I am weary from distress. So even though the things happen in the physical can impact us in the spiritual, they're, they're, they're linked. We, we get this picture that Jesus blew open when he was talking with the Pharisees and the teachers and the, and the people who would come and listen to him. He said that what happens in heaven happens on earth and what can happen in earth can happen in heaven. Jesus said, don't think separately. Don't put compartments here. The natural can influence the spiritual or the heavenly and the heavenly realm can influence the natural. And this is the key. All spiritual warfare is based on determining or undermining your authority in Christ one way or another. Here's a couple of things I want you to be really aware of. And we could go quite deep into this, but for the moment, I want to I get you to understand something this morning that from the Word of God, God is wanting to warn us that is, it could be right now for you, maybe for many of you, a season of weariness. I'm not going to ask you to show, uh, raise your hand and show me if that's you, but I know there are people here that are weary. God has given me this word because you are weary, not just tired, not just exhausted, maybe in a sense physically or emotionally, but you are spiritually weary. It is what takes pastors out. It is not what takes leaders and pastors and whoever out. It's not just tiredness. You can fix tiredness with some more sleep and rest. But weariness needs much deeper, much deeper antidote. So let's have a look at a couple of areas that we're going to understand and need if we're going to uh, wrestle in this sense of waging war against this weariness. Number one, weariness destroys destiny. Weariness destroys destiny because it robs you of faith and joy. 
It destroys relationships and marriages, reputations, credibility, character. It can lead you astray. It can cause leaders to fall into sin. In Deuteronomy chapter 25, let's read this. It says, when you were weary and worn out, they, the enemy, met you on your journey and attacked all who were lagging behind. In John 10, 10, it says, the enemy, the devil, comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. So Amalek, the army of Amalek, came and attacked the Israelites as they left Egypt. This is interesting. Not at the start, but yes, they're getting weary. As they're getting tired, the enemy came at the right time to strike them down. When were you faint last or weary? Because that's when the enemy most often attacks. To be weary is not overtly wrong. Friends, it's not overtly wrong. But what is birthed in weariness is inconceivable. And sometimes even unrepairable. Abraham and Sarah were, were waiting in this season of weariness. God's not coming through. We'll take charge. God's not doing this for us. We need some offspring. And look at that. The thorn in the flesh to this day to Israel. Watch out what is born in weariness because weariness destroys destiny. But the worst focus this morning and probably on this where it destroys destiny is Esau. Esau's a farmer, a hunter, going out, working all day. He's the first to receive the spiritual blessing as it's passed down from the first son to the second to the third, as it does. And he was so hungry. Jacob made him a beautiful meal. It must have been good. It must have been really good. Some say this links into the conversation with Genesis. But the meal was so tempting that he was willing to sell his birthright. In other words, give it up for the meal because he was weary. He was hungry. He was tired. And later on, he got so upset because he realised, oh no, what have I done? They swore an oath to kill Jacob and then it obviously resolved and there was some along the way, but not fun. See, things that are burned, 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 born in this place of weariness, it's, it's one agenda is to destroy our future, our destiny. Think about that. And as things come along against you and your family, often there's a wrestle. Not just a physical wrestle, but a spiritual wrestle. Globally, right now, the world is weary. People are weary, nations are weary, churches are weary, leaders are weary, and maybe you today are part of that feeling weary. They call it the global trauma for a reason. Many people have lost their destinies because of weariness. They've lost their marriages. They've lost their families. They've lost their work. They've lost their future. You can't sit on the fence and think you're not an easy target. Think about what you're doing. The demonic attack of the enemy is to attack your vision and calling that God has on your life, on your marriage, on your relationships, 
and ultimately on the church. The second thought here is weariness delights in dismay. My friend Grenville read a scripture this morning, which I have, the exact same scripture that speaks into this. It's a very interesting word. Who actually talks about, who's mentioned dismay? I feel a bit dismayed this week. Have you spoken to someone and said, I feel a bit dismayed? Who uses that word? It's a very odd word, I think, anyway. Maybe it's just me. The King James Dictionary defines dismay as to deprive one of strength or firmness of mind, which constitutes courage. That was the sense of discourage. When this place, people don't think clearly. People are dismayed. People are tired. People are running on empty. People are not satisfied. Life holds no grandeur of paradise or promise. A bit earlier in Daniel's vision, he saw an attack against God's people. An attack that he says literally controlled the people. Think about that. As I watched this horn, this antichrist, was waging war against the holy people and defeating them. The church has become dismayed. Christians have become dismayed. I'm speaking of the global church and also local churches. Fear and dismay, nothing good comes of that. Dismay is discouragement, but it's much more than that. Dismay weakens your, our resolve, deflates our anticipation, and it saps us of energy. We become and accept dismay as normal. We see all things almost as hopeless, and we lack heart. We're just not in it anymore. We've checked out, signed out. We faint. It's a critical step in losing hope. Dismay is complex. One article I read. It continues to include the loss of confidence, the uncertainty we face of how to find a way out. It's a desire to retreat, hide, and it's the absence of hope. In Deuteronomy 31, I'll read briefly. Then Moses, in verse 7, it says, And Moses called to Joshua, and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and be of good courage, for thou hast to go with these people into the land which the Lord had sworn. So I promised them again about their future. Unto the fathers to give them. I'm just reading it very quickly. Later on we read, And the Lord, he has done this. He will go before thee. He will be with thee. And he will not faint not. Neither forsake thee. Or in this place, fear not, neither or neither be dismayed. God is asking us not to be dismayed, not to allow weariness to deflate us to the point that it affects every, everything. And the third point here is weariness drains devotion. I've seen this. We get so busy, so busy, that if we forget to spend time with Jesus, What have we got to offer? What have we got to live on in that moment, in that day? Weariness drains devotion. We get busy and we get weary. We get more busy and we get more weary. 
and you can go on. The thing about weariness I found is that it's actually quite contagious. It's like yawning. When someone yawns, you all start yawning. You're not even probably tired. <gasps> and you start yawning. Because there's a, there's a spirit about this weariness that affects one person. We start to, it could be conversation, it could be association, but it starts to affect us. I want you to know something just in this point. If you are weary today, you are not out of the will of God. Okay, you're not out of the will of God. It happens. It happens to all of us, to the best of us, and even to the worst of us. It happens. In fact, it could even mean you maybe are right in the centre of God's will. But it's a season or centre of weary. Just ask Job. In Luke 18.1, Jesus is now telling the disciples a parable to make a point about the times they ought to pray and not give up and lose heart. Weariness will stop us wanting to pray. Oh, I've been praying for this. I've been praying for this miracle. I've been praying for this healing. I've been praying for this situation to change. I've been praying, I've been praying, I've been praying. I'm too tired to pray anymore. It's not God's will. God doesn't want this to change. Maybe that's what it'll do. That's what dismay does. And that's how it drains us then into what we believe and what we pray for. Matthew 26, 41, Jesus says, Watch and pray so that you not, will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I cannot tell you how many pastors and leaders and people I'm talking to, and people who ring me in mentoring relationships, that, that this is just a, an ongoing conversation. This is something that... We start off talking about other stuff and it ends back somewhere here. This is a great subtle way that the enemy is coming in against God's people, God's church, right now. And so we get a sense that God is stirring and God is moving and we're hearing that and we're anticipating and we're excited about that. It just takes a little bit of weariness. Throw it into the broth, throw it in, mix it in to deflate what we expect. God can do. Weariness drains devotion. In Colossians 4.2 it says, Never stop praying. Be ready for anything by praying and being thankful. Weariness is soul destroying. If you are weary, everything is weary. When you talk with people, how you want to do a relationship, do you want to meet up with this person, do you want to be involved? No, I don't want to be involved. I don't want to do anything because I'm weary. You're weary. And I'm going to share a couple of minutes how to get out of this, how to, to deal with this, because it's a real thing. And you're going to hear about it more and more. And those in counselling and psychology, you're dealing with this like, you know, you want to go visit a psychologist? Have fun with that. Maybe six months, nine months. I've got friends who are psychologists. That's how long it takes. That's for the urgent cases. We're weary. People are weary. But we can do something about it, friends. We can do something about it. In Psalm 119, 28, my soul is weary with sorrow. And I love what the psalmist gives us a clue. Strengthen me according to your word. Strengthen me. Where are you going to find strength for being weary? You can rest, and we'll talk about that. 
But finding strength is in the Lord, friends. That's my go-to. That's when you've got to shut everything off and just go, go to Jesus. Galatians 6.9 says, Let us not grow weary. So we grow in weary. Not only do we grow in weary, today you may be a bit weary, tomorrow you may be a bit more. Next week, who knows? Here's the warning. Let us not grow weary in doing well. For in due season we shall reap if we what? Not lose heart or lose strength or faint not. In due time we shall reap. Does everyone reap? No. No, not everyone reaps. Only those who do not lose heart. When we get weary, it's not if, it's when. And you'll hear this, he's saying, don't be weary. Don't be weary. In other words, when it's happening, when it's happening to you, it means that you have the power to choose how long you're there. God doesn't tell us to do anything we can't do. Let us not grow weary. We can put a, a break on it. We can slow this thing down. Let us not grow weary. Let's not grow weary. Revelation to the Ephesian church, he says in 2.3, you have persevered and you have endured hardships for my name. And look at this. He says, and you have not grown weary. Wow. You don't read that. And in that space, in this time we get to read the Ephesus church being weary, weary can do this to you I'm just going to call it straight it'll cause you to hate your job hate your wife, hate the kids hate the dog, hate the cat sounds like a um, sounds like a um, what's that music? the uh, country and western song doesn't it? anyway sorry. you know they were singing about the dog left them and the cat doesn't like them anymore and the wife's gone anyway Family, to help you can hate your family, your business, and even God's church. Weariness can make you do that. In weariness, you've got to choose not to lose heart. Let it be a God moment, a God opportunity for you to change what it is. Weariness will capture your mind, it'll attack every one of your dreams and passions in life, and it'll cost you things that are dearly important to you if you don't stop and think about it. See, God has called us and designed us to do great and mighty things in his name. He's called us to minister, all of us, to the generations and the people around about us, but not if we're weary. Because we don't see any reason to do that. Why should we do that? God can do that. God has called us. Jesus says, you have a destiny. Jesus says, do not be dismayed. Jesus says, you have a purpose. Do not be surprised when you feel or come against things that attack you. Jesus says, stay close to me. God didn't say, don't get tired. He said, don't keep growing in your weariness. Do something about it. Weariness will sap you of drive and energy and passion. It'll stop us from knowing what God wants to do in our lives. Weariness attacks the mind. As I said, it is not tiredness. But it can start with tiredness and it can include tiredness. I'm not saying it cannot. But it's a sense that there's a spiritual oppression against the soul, our soul. 
So what's the answer? Well, we keep doing good. We keep doing that which we know God has called us to do. And at the right and the point of time, we shall reap if we faint not and lose heart. God is the God of restoration. He will restore whatever you are facing, whatever issue, past, present, he will help you with. In Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, says, Jesus said, come to me, all you. Isn't it funny if Jesus says, come to me? He could have used so many different words. He says, come to me, those who were weary and burdened or heavy laden. In other words, weighed down. Jesus could have used a plethora of different words as they come to me. But Jesus made it very clear that this is one of those things that we need to understand that will try and take us out. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what do we do? need to do when we are weary? Firstly, I want to reverse it. On that slide you can see it's reversed. Our response should be, am I weary? Ask that, am I weary? Because how can you reply to us? How can you respond to an invitation if it don't think it applies to you? Am I weary? You have to answer that and be honest and go, yeah, maybe I am. And then you go, okay, you take it to Jesus. You must admit first that you are weary. You need to identify that you are weary and only then can it change. Second, you must come to me, he said. Acknowledge and surrender. It means come now, come closer. Come to me means come now, come closer. Number three, he says, I will give you rest. I will. Your resting is okay, it's good, it's warranted, but I want not my rest, I don't want Louis's rest. I don't want what I think is rest for me, I want God's rest for me. Remember that speaks of, in the modern translation, a sense of to be relaxed and refreshed in his presence. And then he says, take my yoke. This is the weary and burden. Refuse to stay where you are. You need to not carry the load on yourself. Anybody carrying the load on yourself? We're getting to a really busy time. So you can sense it. Christmas is not far away. And you can already feel it. There's more things to do. There's lots happening. Look at the slides that we had. Lots even happening here. As we all build up and then it stops for a month or so. It's really easy to start the new year weary. And we shouldn't. So here's some opportunities for us to think about. And he says, learn from me. Rest and receive in me. When you get tired, lean on me. Look at Jeremiah. Says, Jeremiah 31 says, For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish or refill. Psalm 23 says, He restores my soul. Isaiah 40, 29, He gives power to the faint, and to them who have no might, He increases strength. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to do something this morning. You can stay in your seats or you can come forward. But I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who are weary today. There's no shame in it. I've been weary. COVID, long COVID. I had long COVID. It's just finished two weeks ago. I'm still reeling from that. But I feel a lot better than I did from, than two week, than two, prior to two weeks ago. 
but it is wearying and it tires you out. So not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually. I was saying to someone when we're preaching about the series of miracles, think not this is just messages. This is spiritual reality, friends. Gabe and I, like we are good mates, we are good friends. Okay, we are husband and wife. Hey, but there was a lot of tension. Well, not a lot. There was some tension in our home a little bit. Our relationship just seemed to be a bit at odds. It just seemed weird. And I'm going, wow, this seems to be a coincidence. Talking about miracles. Going out there, stepping out there. There are challenges, friends. There are challenges. So I put this prayer together. I want you to make this your prayer. But I invite you, if you would like to come out for prayer, we're going to have a song. I encourage you to come out. Otherwise, stay where you are, raise your hand, and uh, I will pray for you as well. And those may come out and pray with you as well. I think it's on the screen. It is. I'll read it out. You just prayed it in your own, in, in, under, well, under your breath a little bit. But, Father, I recognise the attack of weariness against me. The enemy relentlessly wears me down, distracts me, and confuses me with lies and false truths. Could you help me to admit my need for you today? I take back what is mine in Christ Jesus. Wrong mindsets, broken dreams, the pride of unknowing offence and a troubled heart. Now I choose to lean on you more than ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, that's the start. Go to Jesus. Admit that there's weariness. Admit what it is. I know many of you in conversations, we're weary. We're weary of our pain, we're weary of our unhealth, we're weary of our families and situations and challenges. So I'm going to pray for you. And remember, this next two weeks, we're going to have a special time as leaders where you know we're fasting and praying for you, for your families, for your situations, for the church, and for God to do something. So I invite the team to come forward, please. If you're weary today, would you just either raise your hand or come out to the front, if that's you today. If you're weary. Thank you. I know there's more. Thank you. We can get weary so easily. It's a trick of the enemy. Even if we're doing everything right, it just happens. If you'd like to come out for prayer, you're welcome to. But right now I'm going to pray for you, the church. Heavenly Father, I pray. You've seen those hands. You've seen, Father, those who have responded this morning. And Father, ultimately when we are weary and when we are troubled, when we're faint of heart, Lord, we learn one thing. We've got to identify that we are first and foremost and then we have to bring it to you. So Lord, here we are. As your church, as your church family, as a faith fellowship, Lord, and as we are together here, even online, Father, wherever we are right now in this space, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would minister afresh into us because we need you. We admit that we cannot do this on our own. We need you. We need the strength and person of the Holy Spirit to aid us, to lead us, to guide us, and to empower us. And so today, Father, I pray over all those who are weary, those who have responded, those who are listening to this message in this moment, 
And maybe in the weeks and months to come even, Father, I pray that this is a great reminder to show us of the challenges in which we live. And how the enemy, how Daniel saw in, in, in his vision, how the enemy was coming against the saints of God, God's people, to wear them out, to make them weary, to take them out. And we, Father, we now know the agenda of the enemy in a, in a strategic manner. And we ask, Father, that you would lead us and guide us in this season. For those who are weary, Lord, I pray, as we heard before, for comfort, for strength, for hope. Father, I pray, Father, that they will know your voice and they will follow you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.